Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Uh, here on the mic, it is myself, Chelsea Pinky, and Glenn Bedstar Brat missing um, Miss Sade because who knows? Sis who knows? said she didn't see it on her calendar. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've been there. On red or reply. Um, yeah. But, anyways, we, you know, this week is just the two of us, and a lot of things have been happening. I think some things we probably want to sh- save for the solo, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share, I am going to leave some information that I found out on red. Oh goodness. I'm scared. So I found out, I found out it's not sad. It's not sad. I'm not putting a moral, you know, judgment on this. I'm simply saying I was shocked and I guess I am kind of putting a moral judgment on it. Cause I said, I'm leaving on red, but I just found out that Maya Angelou's oh. two husbands, both husbands, were white. I didn't know she had two of them. I'd ne- I would have never guessed that <laughs> when I found out. Literally, my jaw dropped. I don't know why I was so shocked. I feel like somebody else didn't. Let me let me before I start um, slandering people. Let me just Google. Not Tony Morrison. Tony Morrison's husband was a Jamaican engineer. I think she met him at Howard. Okay. Or I know he was Jamaican descent, but he was black. Somebody else loved white people. Was it? I don't want to say the name. There was a, there was some other people like this that uh, even James Baldwin loved white white men. Wow. Well, you know, you learn something every day, you know. And I cannot speak further on my feelings about this because I respect Queen. Maya Maybe they were Angela. allies. Maybe they were yep, allies. Yep. Yep. Yep white kings i'm sure whoa that term is a little strong to me i know i know, I know. <laughs> um oh god yeah i mean it's that's it is very interesting right it's, it's just interesting right yeah. like did you know that i had no idea i didn't know that it didn't t- it, yeah i didn't know i just didn't know so i'm, I'm leaving the fact that i was so shocked on red <laughs> um and what I'm replying to is I went to this party this weekend called Donovan's Yard. It was kind of uh, not really planned. Um, my lover and I have been hanging out for what's 24 times 14 hours because he's been off for two weeks. Oh, and, right. You did your two week trip or two. Weeks. Yeah. Yes. So we've just been like glued to one another. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun. But anyways, um, we randomly went to this party and it was the first time that I'm hearing just a whole night of like Caribbean music, soca, reggae, um, Afro beats. And I was like, whoa, am I in Brooklyn? And it was very never bad. could be, but <laughs> I'm glad whoa. you got a taste. <laughs> Aggress. Aggress. It could never be. wow okay miss brooklyn now Uh just a year ago you were saying how much you hate new york i know i know i know it's crazy now the girl gets one summer let's see what song she's singing in january (laughs) i will not be here in january that is for sure i'm about to be on my expat shit per the black girl doing shit you're about to listen to coming up soon in the group chat um but that sounds like a lot of fun i saw you also got a chopped cheese Yes, so yes. You're living your New York life, trying absolutely from over there. <laughs> it's so crazy because I used to always be obsessed with LA, and I don't know what happened, but like, I think I you're just know. being anti. And when you visit me, you will be fucking. It probably will come back again. It's great. Yeah, it probably will <laughs> but, come back again. Yeah, but you're yeah. enjoying. I mean, I think New York summer. There is something about, and I and I am hearing from people that live in LA or for a long period of time, or people who are from LA. They're like it's exciting now, but then you're going to get so used to warm weather and mm-hmm. it's like, you're, you're not going to appreciate it the same way. 
So like the thing about New York summer is that is your time to shine. It is. I mean, that kind of brings me to my on red is that like summer is ending and I'm like, where the fuck did it go? Like you could feel it in the air. The air is actually cooling down and it's crazy. But I will say that I, I did, I did my damn thing. I did the damn thing this summer. It's been fantastic. Um, We just got back from Grenada for Shade's birthday. That was crazy. Definitely saving it for a solo episode because each. Wow. I also want to hear some tea, but anyways, we can talk about that on the Patreon. Tea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is actually kind of a random thing, but because we just came back from the trip with Shade and there were some people on that trip that I went to high school with, one of our good friends who lives in Mexico City, and she came back to New York and um, we kind of like hung out for a few days. And it was so wild that I still get in these circles with people and they really still talk about people from our high school all the time literally all the time all the time and well I guess it's because when we're together we're like in a high school group and we'll be like Mm. remember remember such and such and how they did that happens and I'm like this is so crazy every time they say anything I have no idea what they're talking about I'm like sorry I don't recall that was like 15 years ago I have fucking no clue and they remember like every detail everything and I was like damn this is kind of weird that we're talking about high school like this but then I was like you know what maybe it's because New York city is low key, like a small town and we're still New Yorkers that went to high school together and still live in the city. And it's like the Mm. same way you would do that anywhere. Right. Yeah. But also the fact that that is your point of reference for those friends, right? Yeah. That's where you knew them. So that's where probably you have, because same when I get around my friends from Spain, it's like, everything is about Spain. We're talking about Spain. It's like, isn't that crazy? (laughs) You don't feel old. Like you're like, we talk about these old memories (laughs) what are you up to now right you know it's like kind of crazy it's crazy um and then I'm going to reply to speaking of high school I went to this event with some old high school friends um that was hosted by the Brujas of Brooklyn and Penda from Proho they hosted this um a cord cutting workshop that was all related to like your sexual history and wellness and you could like think about a person or some sort of like a past lover and cut them out of your life through this like kundalini yoga ritual so you cut you cut a nigga I, yo <laughs> <laughs> i was about to be like it ain't nothing that cut that bitch off <laughs> um i thought i was gonna cut somebody well, off but like it didn't like a, i couldn't bring up a person <laughs> oh which was fine i ended up just like trying to cut like like emotions like not even like um I ended up cutting like I was really focusing on cutting like shame because I just been mm-hmm. like my my anxiety is tied up in a lot of like shame and just I'll just like fuck why'd you do that like I just like just a lot of like self-deprecating thoughts and talk so I was mm-hmm. just like trying to cut that shit the whole time I was just like shame cutting 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 but people in that room bitch it was intense People were crying. Like, it also was really cool because there were a lot of men in the room and I expected it to just be like a very woman event yeah. just by assumption, you know? And Can I was like, men look at cut- these men. Yeah, they could cut ties. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was like related to the womb. I did too for some reason, but I don't think it actually was. It wasn't the okay. womb. It was just like sexual... Sexual organs. Yeah, or not even. Hold on. I, I would love to... I'm going to tell you what it said because it was actually kind of interesting and I was like, oh shit, we about to do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, as you look that up, there are definitely, you know, <laughs> if I could cut them, just Can like cut them, just not not in a way that it's like you're still thinking about them. But if I could just like eliminate you <laughs> from my history, it would be fine. You know, exactly. I think it's like they, they you can like remove the ties that they have on you. Yeah. And shit like that. Or like the hold Um, here. I, I found it here. It says the goal was um to create a we're supposed to be creating a safe container where you can relax drop into your bodies and begin to remove the energetic cords that may be haunting you uh it was a clearing space to give you a sharper sense of focus and purpose clear your aura and begin to attract high vibrating connections and relationships that serve you and your life's purpose it's like a bunch of chanting and if you guys remember we interviewed the brujas of brooklyn on our show a while back i feel like at least a year ago 
but yeah. they're amazing. Please go back and check out that episode. I wish I knew the number, but it's there somewhere. <laughs> um, and then moving right along to the hotline bling, you got anything? Well, no, I'll save mine for our solo. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, do I have anything? Do I have anything? Do I have anything? Mm. No. Told Sorry. them we should remove this segment. No, I mean, I do have stuff, but like <laughs> that would be really fun on the, the solo too. I mean, I'm just looking through my text right now. This is not interesting at all, but no, I'm not going to share that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. So right. our hotline bling was Shade this morning saying that she didn't have this on her calendar. Just kidding. <laughs> my good sis that's a black girl doing so this shit. week our black girl doing shit is actually going to be joining us in the group chat we have latoya oliver um someone that i met and have befriended from social media platforms um she's super cool we talk about all things and she actually left the country and moved to the caribbean and you know had some roots set and laid um abroad mm-hmm. and now a word from our sponsors hey group chat it's Shade, and i am so excited that the summertime is in full swing and there's nothing better than a refreshing drink to cool down Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea is here to unleash your sense of try, to ignite new passions and rekindle old ones. So try a Gold Peak and then try something else because this taste is worth a try. So try Gold Peak and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you. Enjoy your summer, guys. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Well, joining us in the group chat today and our Black girl doing shit today is LaToya Oliver. So we met um, kind of on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. <laughs> what you mean kind of? You met on Clubhouse. We met on Clubhouse for sure. But then Clubhouse, it went over into other social medias and we talk all the time. It feels like I literally know her. I think Clubhouse was just so different, especially when me and Chelsea got on there like the early stage I felt like you were able to really build relationships I know I built a lot of relationships on Clubhouse that have sort of transitioned into other things outside of that platform so I think it was an interesting time to be a part of Clubhouse and I'm happy I met Chelsea there but now we really talk on Instagram (laughs) yes oh my gosh they make fun of me for still I don't participate anymore (laughs) but I I listen in but it's just it has it has really changed that that platform I so I haven't been on it this year everyone's told me that but I had I told you my son or my daughter one of them broke my phone and um (laughs) I got a new phone and then I couldn't log back in and then it was just like too many steps to try to recover account and I really didn't care that much it served its purpose (laughs) I think I was perfect for the pandemic yeah perfect for that time like versus no one cares anymore (laughs) I know versus really fell off damn too much of a production but Diddy's going to do a versus yeah. with uh, Jermaine They should have sold it to those white people. So, you know, sometimes that happens. And, and what? Did they default? See, that's another thing. Like, Chelsea, what I was telling you. Like, the idea of paying me in, in portions. No. Literally, like, I want my entire check at one time. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to screw me. That's so absurd. So, yeah. yeah, it's weird that they're, like, chasing. And then the fact that this white company has already scammed other artists. I think that mm. they they should have a little bit more common sense than that at this stage of their career. So yeah, rest in peace to Versus. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us on our tangents. We yeah. we invited you on specifically because, so I saw this article on Bloomberg and they were talking about how a record number of women are leaving the country um, and exploring elsewhere. So there's this website called Where Can I Live? And they said that, um, on June 24th, that leaked copy that came out about them overturning Roe v. Wade or trying to um, basically caused a 70% jump in all of their like usership. So people were like trying to get the hell out. And right. then 
39. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And this jump was driven by 39%, um, women? 39% to 47% jump in American women using the platform. So it made me think about you and your time leaving this country when something, when something shifted. Um, can you tell us about like your decision to leave this country? Yeah. So, and and it's cliche because I don't want to say it has anything to do with a relationship, but like I was planning on moving out of the country in 2016 because I was ending a relationship that was in May. I went to, well, I wasn't planning to actually move out the country. I went on vacation to Barbados for three months, three days. And I really liked it. And then when Trump started like getting a lot of fans and I was like oh shit once he won the primaries I was like I'm out of here so Mm. September 28th 2016 I left Philly and I moved to Barbados I didn't know anyone there um except like a taxi driver like this older woman who I met who used to drive who was driving me around when I was there but I didn't really know anyone I just liked the idea of going to the ATM and pulling money out with black people on it and everyone made me feel really comfortable I was like really big at that time too, like over 300 pounds. No one was looking at me like for being fat. I felt really like calm. So I was like, all right, I think this would be a better fit for me. I was already working from home. I've been working from home since like 2013. So pre-pandemic, I sort of was accustomed to that sort of work environment. So I moved over to Barbados. Um, I think with Donald Trump, it's like, I'm used to the idea of having like a racist president. But for me, it was just like, I knew that once he got in, because I feel like um, ever since Barack Obama had first got elected, which is my first election, I was 18 when I voted for him. I felt like they had been sort of the the other party, right? Or if you want to call them that, had been sort of crying for a Donald Trump sort of archetype. They wanted um, everyone to play that role. And I guess the older generation of Republicans, they just weren't into it. But I knew that Roe v. Wade, like I knew that if Republicans got someone like Donald Trump in office, right? They could do a lot of unethical things and blame it on the fact that he's not like a political person. And, you know, he's just like, a, a, a regular Joe, which is weird since he's like a billionaire, right. but that would lead to a lot of our rights being taken away. Like I knew yeah. we start with the attack on women and then it'll be the gay people. So it'll be like LGBTQ. It'll just be like the government is going to be in our bedrooms. And for me, I also am someone who's like big on um, black liberation. I've always sort of been involved in protesting and, and with different like grassroots organizations. And I think that at that point, because I was 26. Yeah, I was 26 when I moved. It was just like, I've been doing this for a long time and I don't really see the value in it. Cause like the more I learned, the less I felt like America actually belongs to me. Like definitely mm-hmm. black American culture is a thing, but I also feel like a lot of our culture has been built out of this trauma, you know, as a result of human trafficking. And I think that if anything, America owes Black people, and then they should let us just go about our way, because I don't see the value in America anymore. Um, So yeah, I left in 2016. I met my husband in 2017. Okay, wait, so you made you made the conscious decision to go to like a Black country. Yes, that was important, because at first I was going to go to Mexico, um, because I had lived there for a couple months before, and I really enjoy Latin America. My father's from the Dominican Republic. I, um, so I was going to go to Mexico and, but going to Barbados for those, those three days, like it was so different than any other experience I had traveling. Like I always feel comfortable traveling, particularly, you know, I've backpacked through South America. So like through Latin American countries, I've been to 29 countries. I always feel safe and I've traveled a lot alone, but it was something about coming to Barbados, especially it being such an impromptu trip, nothing that I like planned mm-hmm. and feel like I was at home like I stayed at this I stayed in an all-inclusive resort um and didn't even eat at the hotel like I was outside and everybody was treating me like family even at the hotel like I go by LaToya and Nicole so like some people I say my name's LaToya and other people I say Nicole but like everyone knew me at the hotel and it just felt like damn it's it's something to be said about like being in a country where you're not a minority right like because mm-hmm. we realistically calling ourselves minority just as weird because we are the global majority but like being in a country and everybody's black no one really looks at you 
for being suspicious or like, it just feels like a different level of comfort. That's why I've, I've like made the conscious decision, even though I had both of my children in the state, by the time they were three months, they were back. Sorry, I have like dry mouth right now. By no, it's okay. Three months, they were in the Caribbean and they have like the highest self-esteem. They're mm. like the kids. I think that some of the things that I experienced in my challenges growing up, being really smart, going to school with a lot of white kids, not really understanding racism until I was old enough to go to therapy and process some of those microaggressive moments that I experienced. A lot of those things weighed heavily on my self-esteem. And I think that it held me back in a lot of ways. So I love the idea of raising my children around people who look like them. And so you met someone and now you have like a whole family there. You're really building roots. Um, so can you tell us about your experience like dating abroad and how that came about? I felt like when I first got there, I had a lot of success with dating. Like even my friends who are like local women who I'd be friends with, they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky with dating. And I'm like, they would tell me these horror stories about dating Beijing men. And I'm just like, hmm, that has been my experience. They've been pretty nice, but very, I don't want to say, all right, I'm not going to say thirsty, but like <laughs> they definitely are very like, I don't care because anyone who goes to Barbados will have the same experience. They mm -hmm. enjoy them in there. <laughs> they like to be all up in your face. Like what literally made me so attracted to my husband. Like the first night I met him, I said, oh, I just met my future baby daddy. He was not like thirsty. And I really liked that. I was like, okay. Cause I was always, I'm always feeling myself, especially, oh my God, if I put on some makeup or something and go out, then I just think that I'm Beyonce. So it's like, <laughs> he, went, you know, he was friendly, but he wasn't like, thirsty and even then when we first started talking he was just being so regular like we just had a lot of regular conversations it wasn't so like oh let's get to this that but we got together really quickly like we met in March 2017 we became a couple in July lived together by August pregnant that year like married after we got married in right after Nala. So that would have been February 6th, which is Bob Marley's birthday. Yeah. So we got married the year after Nala, 2020 pandemic year. Yeah. We just went to the courthouse. Like we were planning to get our, our uh, marriage license that day. And cause he was off work and I was like, all right, we're here getting our marriage license. He's like, we might as well just do the whole thing today. And I was like, all right. So we had the kids and it was just us four and went to the courthouse and got married. So basically you moved you moved your whole life basically changed. <laughs> right. Um, now you have a full on family, two beautiful children, your husband. Um, how are you feeling now that you are living abroad? Do you miss anything about home? No. It's nothing really that I missed about home, like except the people, right? Like you mm -hmm. miss your family, but I lived in Barbados for five years. So I, I moved to Barbados in 2016. We moved here to St. Lucia last year in August, like late August. Um, and in St. Lucia literally feels like forever home for me. We're building something that I'm really excited about here. Like it's going to be a great experience for a lot of people. So we're working on developing um, something here and I feel right at home. I'm not interested in, I don't even want to travel to the States to like visit Sometimes like when it comes to my family, uh, they're like, oh, when are you going to come home? And I'm like, why won't y'all come visit you're me? Like, like, your home is where you are. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not that excited. I always do this and I know it's really dramatic and I shouldn't say it, but I do have this worry because I've built such a, and it's not perfect. There's nothing perfect, nowhere, right? But like, I'm super happy. I can honestly say that because of what I've built here, I'm afraid of jeopardizing it with like, okay, I go to the States and then maybe I go to the grocery store and get shot up. Or, mm. you know, I have, I'm, and my sister's like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, well, y'all live in North Carolina. Like, did you think they were going to shoot up a church? Like you have mm -hmm. to think about these sort of things. I feel safer here. I feel like this is a better place for my children, for my family. I'm excited. My kids are about to start school in September. Um, I'm like really invested in the life that I'm building in the Caribbean. I'm not interested in the States besides like the passport privileges, like having dual passports is very important. So we're going through that citizenship thing now, but St. Lucia is definitely home for me and I don't miss the States. Yeah. When I, I was visited Ghana a few years back and I met these people that are part of like an African-American 
expat group, but it was interesting because they all sort of only hung out with each other and in gated communities and mm. created their own sort of escape away, like very intentionally away from America, but to be amongst each other. And there felt like there was this divide that they were not really like engaging with the country that they Love. were living in, especially as black people. Mm. And that like kind of put a weird taste in my mouth. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that, if you've joined an expat community or how you find yourself yeah. like, you know, connecting with the culture around you. So I actually, so I'm on expat.com even before I moved, like when I made the decision I was going to move to Barbados, that was in May. And then I had to move with like three dogs, uh, no, two dogs, three cats, and my bestie moved there for like a couple months and then she moved back to the States. But I did a lot of expat group, like joining those communities on Facebook. But I realized very quickly when I got to Barbados, I I can make friends anywhere. <laughs> like I, I, I do that all the time. I have friends that I've met throughout travel. So for me, I've never been a person that even goes to countries and like only stays in, stay in tourist areas. That's not really my personality. I feel like I really enjoy people. So while I am a part of those groups, like I've been to some of the meetups and stuff like that, the majority of the people who I'm friends with are local people because I consider myself like a part of that community at this point. Like I've lived there for years. Literally, I don't have any, I have an expat friend in St. Lucia, but I don't even have any expat friends in Barbados. Like everybody that I hung out with, I lived even like, um, for like two years, we lived in the housing area. Like my husband and I, um, when I wasn't working, cause I didn't work for a while, for three years to stay home, be a mom. And we cut back on a lifestyle, right? Like when I first met my husband, I was living in the house with a pole. And then like my husband, he was, um, he's, he worked in landscaping and he made less money than me. So we ended up downsizing and living in a housing area and like a two bedroom house with one um, bath. And everyone in that area was like a low income area. You know what I mean? Like when you think of a housing area, you would think of, we didn't live in the actual like apartment community, which would be like the projects, but they were like literally behind our house. Like it was mm -hmm. on our, just a bunch of houses and it was very cheap rent. I think our rent was like 600 us dollars. Um, so I feel like a lot of the people miss out when they go to other com countries, like and become expats and they only want to hang out with, um, expats one you spend a lot of money for example when I first moved to Barbados my first apartment was 1750 US um and I thought that was cheap <laughs> and um it wasn't it was that expensive and I also didn't have a car so I took taxis everywhere for the first year like it wasn't until I met my husband or maybe it was a, somebody before, yeah like when I met my husband that's when I actually like got on a van like the the like shared ban and yeah. stuff my life definitely changed I think a lot of it I have to credit that to my husband because I was sort of living even though I was friends with locals I was still living with a tourist mindset going mm. out every day doing all taxis. that but then taxis mm -hmm. right really that like I'm working in a country and I'm taking advantage of the fact that I have more money than mm -hmm. like the so that's my that's my other question were you getting paid um you were getting paid in US yes I always get paid in US they don't pay me so what do you have any advice for someone who wants to move abroad still wants to get paid in like American money like how did that work for you how were you able to negotiate that sort of thing yeah so I mean the circumstances vary depending on what sort of industry you're in me being a recruiter and I've been doing that line of work for a really long time um a lot of what, when everybody's already working from home, like I was working for a company that was doing remote work before I even moved to the Caribbean. So they already, they were located in Tucson. They never seen me. I was in Philly, you know what I mean? So I was just, I requested it. I was like, Hey, I'm interested in moving out of the country. Da, 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 da. They were like, okay, it's approved. Um, some con it depends on like what sort of contracts you work, like are working at, because with, the particular contract that I started with Broadpath, it was a Medicare contract. So that actually did become a conflict because they didn't know when I moved out of the country that I had to be in the U.S. to work on that project. So that shifted me 
into talent acquisition. So it was almost like I fell into that because I was working on an actual project. And then I went into recruiting because it was just like an an easy transition. And recruiting was something that I could do from anywhere. Mm. I would say do, especially if you're an engineer, if you work in tech, especially most companies don't care if you're located in the United States, they just want to know that you're legally able to work in the United States. Mm -hmm. So if have like you know what I mean you have your passport you have like a, a address or something like that like how would they know <laughs> they won't care most of the time I'm very upfront now because I also understand like the sort of value that I bring to companies so like I'm very transparent also being an interviewer a recruiter trains you how to like act in interviews so I'm always very transparent with whoever the hiring authority is that I'm speaking to about what my lifestyle is what my intentions are. And these are things I'd be able to bring to the team, provided that they allow me to continue living my life the way that I'm living it. So I haven't had any issues even now, like with, I already have another job lined up and they know I'm in St. Lucia and they're going to be paying me in US dollars. (laughs) That's amazing. So do you see yourself staying in St. Lucia long-term? Forever. Um, I don't see myself moving from St. Lucia, not with sort of the the things that I'm working on. Oh, I'm just like, like just talking about it makes me really excited. But I, I actually feel really comfortable. Like the only place I could see myself living outside of the Caribbean would be Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's a long flight. And I feel like that would be even harder for me to see like my family um, than now. So I, I'm really comfortable living here. I'd love to be a part of some of those changes um, that we need to see in the Caribbean, like not just being majority black and having black leadership, but having black leadership that's actually moving um, in the best interest of the people. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to become a citizen here so that I could like rant and like, you know, do all those things, try to, you know, move things forward. But I feel comfortable here. I feel like it's home. It's my, it's, my husband was born here. Um, his mom's from St. Vincent. So he has like both sides in him. I'm excited. We're supposed to be going to St. Vincent sometime this year, but I, I really love the EC in general. I've been to pretty much all the islands in the Eastern Caribbean and I love it. I love all of them. Okay. So you mentioned that you're getting sort of like politically involved or you will be getting politically involved once you become a citizen there. Are you still, or do you still have any tied to like American politics, anything that you Mm. want to, any changes that you want to be a part of, or are you just like, I'm out of there? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I want you to answer that question, but I literally just, to me, it's a joke at this point, because I think uh, (laughs) when I think about like American politics in America being like the oldest democracy and how we have like historically went into all of these other countries to put this like phony democracy in place um, where like even our voting system, having an electoral college is not, not democratic. Right. So I think at this point, America has sort of just been existing off of really old outdated language and like all of these things. And now it's just starting to erupt. What I do look forward to, and I hope that I see is like Gen Z shut everything down and like set everything on fire because it's literally a joke. I think that the idea of telling children um, who have been like violated by an adult that they have to have children instead of terminating the uh, Mm. pregnancy. It's probably one of the more violent things that are happening in, in, in recent American Mm -hmm. times. I think for that to be happening in 2022 and just the amount of power that, you know, the political pieces have, I feel like they always work together, work together to work against us. So it's like, I was really invested in being a Democrat. Um, I've been voting since I was 18. I even voted from, from here. I still vote, right? Like, why not? But I'm not like someone who actually thinks that there's going to be any sort of systemic change in the United States, certainly not from like the two party system, if you want to call it that, that we have. So I think that there's just other places that we can go that are better. I'd love to see America crumble also because <laughs> like not being funny, but like America, as we see it today, I'd like to see that kind of just be burnt and start like a new, like a brand new constitution. I think it's sort of weird to still like romanticize these slave owning, um, mm-hmm. sexually violent, like four fathers, um, 
it feels really nasty to me now. I think that we can either move somewhere else or America would have to get to a place where it's like, all right, let's start over. Let's just like, a lot of shitty things have happened, but let's work towards making this equitable and let's like have a new constitution. I think it would have to start there because I've actually read the constitution. I'm from Philadelphia. I love history and it's really violent. It's like, I have similar feelings about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's just, Cause I like to read. So it's like reading certain words and, and then like internalizing it. It's like, uh, I don't really think that this even makes sense. And in, in 2022, we can actually do something better. And I think until a lot, I have a lot of opinions about America and um, only way I'll be coming back is if they give me 40 acres and a mule. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you had opinions and you did something about it, right? You, you like made the choice for yourself to, leave the country have you like spoken to any friends about like trying to convince them to do the same Um, yeah and even my best friend who left oh this is so interesting because of the Roe v Wade thing right so my best friend who lived with me in Barbados for like three months and then she went back to Philly she's from Savannah Georgia she's like I might move to St. Lucia and then like my little sister and her friends are looking into like moving to the Caribbean. I always, I recommend a lot of Americans move to Barbados just because it's obviously biased because I live there, but I think that it's a little bit faster than some of the other Caribbean countries. And you mm-hmm. find that the people make more money, like not all of them, but you you meet people where it's like, okay, we can go out to eat together and they're gonna, you know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you're flossing around. It's a lot, it's a lot of rich Asians, okay? So it's <laughs> like, you just feel um, sort of comfortable. And um, I just think it's a fast, a faster pace than some like going to Grenada or like St. Lucia, I think too. Like I can get my groceries delivered, which is really important to me. I hate going to the grocery store. <laughs> um, but yeah, those sort of, things um but I'm excited to hear because I've been and I've noticed it's literally this year I've been living in the Caribbean since 2016 and I can barely get people to like visit because they'd rather go I I mean I do live in the more expensive countries to visit like you can go to Jamaica or Cancun or Dominican Republic you know those places cheaper it's like an expensive flight to get out to St. Lucia um so for years, people haven't even been visiting. I've had like maybe one friend come visit me the entire time. And now everyone's like, I am thinking about moving to St. Lucia or can you recommend places? I've been giving out a lot of resources to sort of expat groups and stuff. Because I think that's a good way to sink your toes in. Mm-hmm. Like one of my close friends, I met her through expat.com. She lives in Canada, but she's like a carnival junkie mm-hmm. and she comes she loves, she's addicted to Barbados and she works from home too. She's a recruiter. Um, so she comes down for like months at a time. You'll find a lot of Canadians that come to Barbados for like three or four months out of the year, you know, whatever. Um, but she loves it. And she's now that she's fully remote, she's making the transition to moving permanently. So I think that a lot of people are starting to like open up to the idea of just leaving. I mean, fighting, I, I can't lie. I was protesting. I've been in the streets. I've had the altercations with the LAPD, uh, so many different police departments, you know? And it's like, after a while, you just feel like, how long am I going to do this? And I feel like that was actually more labor intensive than me sort of just letting it go and mm. getting from it and be it my USD six figure salary, right? And then moving somewhere else where I feel like, I can be appreciated as a human being more. And again, the Caribbean is not perfect. No place in the world is perfect. I mean, I think a perfect world, we'd all be like eating out of our own gardens and not wasting money, you know, to ship food from point A to point B, (laughs) but and destroying the earth. But there's no such thing as perfect. And you can be super principled and miserable, or you can make decisions that make you happy and enjoy the time that you have here on earth and try to make it a better. So that's what I'm doing. And I've chosen St. Lucia's home base for that. Yeah. I love that you said that. I think that like what I feel most whenever I hear your story is that you were prioritizing your happiness and mm-hmm. like did and you what found you it. wanted to do and you, fa- and you, yeah. And you found it and multiplied it. Like I know mm-hmm. how obsessed you are with your babies <laughs> and like they're perfect. Um, 
kids at first. And that's what makes it like the night I met Kui, I was like, oh, I told my friend Lynn, girl, I just met my future baby daddy. And I, it was so clear <laughs> that we were going to have babies. They were going to be amazing. But I couldn't have dreamt of these kids. Like they're far greater than anything I ever could have expected. But like, yeah, I was really unhappy when I left the States. I was unhappy because I was a very politically driven person. I've always been very involved in like aggressive things. You know what I mean? I was very much so, I've just seen this, somebody say this on uh, Instagram, but like walking in my masculine all the time. And I still do. <laughs> you said that your you're, you're half Dominican and your other half is, is a Black American? Black American, yeah. So I wonder, because I do think and even as you mentioned, like America's marketed as like the greatest place, you know, like, so coming from like an immigrant standpoint, a lot of people come to America for a better life, right? That's the story. Um, did your both sides like see your choice, like your Dominican side and your black American side, was there any like difference or similarity in how they saw your choice to leave the country? Not really. So I'm not even really that close to my father's side. Me and him, like, we didn't really have a relationship until I had my son, to be honest. Like, he was around when I was younger. And then, like, he wasn't there to raise me when I was growing up. Um, but we reconnected when I was pregnant with my son. And he was there when I had, like, around when I had my son. And we sort of built our relationship from then. Mm-hmm. And I love bad um but his family um I'm not really like close with my dad's side as much but even my mom's side I've always lived far from people in my family like when I first got out of college I moved like when I went from Atlanta to California like they're just used to me doing anything (laughs) I'm by myself no one worries about me in that type of way like my mom always says it she's just like if I tell her I'm moving to Mars she's just like oh (laughs) fine you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's thank you so much I think this has been just inspiring for the person who might be listening and thinking I want to fucking leave but like right. is that am I crazy like how do you even do that how, you know like I don't have a plan so hearing your story might inspire them um I right. guess and air resources so you can literally like if y'all hit me up on link not link well linkedin too um i don't know if i should share that because i've been talking a little bit great um <laughs> no nah, so no linkedin but y'all can hit me up on instagram for this private black and feral but yeah i'm down to share resources with people who maybe need a little bit more of a push i'm like so my personality shit y'all see my daughter trying to brush my hair and i have fun. <laughs> My personality type is like an aggressive campaigner or something like that. Assertive campaigner, not aggressive. Look at me using the wrong word. Assertive. So I love to convince people to do things. Um, (laughs) Hit up your girl and I can convince Black and feral. Black and feral. Follow her. Um, Right before you leave, do you have any, any tips, I guess, that you probably like wish you knew? anything like you think is important to know before leaving the country? The biggest thing that I would say to anyone who's thinking about leaving the country is do not go to the country that you're going to with a tourist mindset. Like Mm -hmm. you'll, you can do that and you'll still have a good time, but you will lose like in your experience, not only will you lose financially, because there's something to be said about living like a local and just like splurging sometimes, but really that's such a beautiful life. Like your life can be a lot more simple. Um, I think even when we first moved, it was so funny. Me and my best friend in the airport, we had like nine suitcases mm-hmm. um, and we had shit that was just shipped down. You know what I mean? But like nine suitcases of just clothes. Um, you find, especially living in countries, we have high duties. If you can just like adapt your mindset so that you're not thinking you're not trying to bring America to this place right mm-hmm. like there are certain things about America like conveniences that sometimes you wish they had and that okay if you're going to do something that's going to add to like productivity and save people you know that's going to add to value to a, com- a country I'd say bring those things but don't bring your colonizer colonizer mindset like don't come to other because I find a lot of expats do that like it's embarrassing too because I know I don't act like a typical expat like my my life is very local because I'm married to like someone born and raised in the Caribbean right but Mm -hmm. I remember 
Like even in my first year when I was hanging out with um, more expats, which I barely even talked to any of them. I don't even think there are any of them still in Barbados because you will spend more money in these Caribbean countries than you will in America trying to live like a tourist because Mm -hmm. they're more expensive. Like the Barbados is the 13th most expensive country in the world. Mm -hmm. It's more expensive than the United States. Um, So like if you come and you want to live like you're in America, you will be broke. So I would, (laughs) I would highly suggest not doing that unless you're really, really balling come and enjoy like the experience of living in the Caribbean and, and meeting some of these amazing people out here um yeah you might meet the love of your life and have some cute kids (laughs) yes I love love it it. well thank you for being this week's black girl doing shit bye Nyla bye Bye. not the baby that we never use because they coast up (laughs) but yeah thank you thank you you so much thank you so much talking to y'all and it did feel like a group chat so I'm glad I know I'm looking like real basic so I was like all right I'm glad that y'all are looking cozy too yeah I know it's a Sunday morning yes I know I'm like comfortable in my skin right (laughs) (laughs) so for this week Glenn what is the what would you do this is something very um ridiculous and We've done this before. If you're, if you follow the shade room, if you be in the shade room and all these other places, um, you might sometimes see these very, very odd um, scenarios and issues that people be going through (laughs) because they're so stupid with this picture. Look at this picture. First of all, (laughs) what is it? Okay. So, all right. So yeah, you'll see sometimes these like crazy scenarios. If you step in the shade room, if you're beyond spiritual word, I wanted to get Chelsea's, um, feedback on this the headline is husband pays for him and his friend to sit in first class but paid for his wife to sit in economy she wrote my husband and i haven't been on a trip out of the country for years well he goes every every year with his best friend his reasons for going with him is because they both go to attend sporting events this year my husband told me i could go with him and his friend since they were visiting a new destination he paid for my ticket and everything else since i'm a stay-at-home mom and have no job The kids were left with my mom. However, when I found out that he had booked a first class ticket for himself and his friend, while I got economy, I just couldn't hold my tongue. (laughs) Chelsea's face. I confronted him about it and he at first refused to discuss. Then when the argument got heated, yelled, I paid for your ticket. Isn't that enough? (laughs) Then kept on going on about how I should stop acting like I was royalty and that if I and that if I come to think about it even economy was fine for me since I technically don't work anyway I cried because of what he said but decided just to not go altogether. he changed his tone and started begging me to just go with what he planned but I declined I went to pick the kids up from my mom's house and he came back three hours later huffing and puffing about what happened. His friend sent me a text calling me entitled and said that this was the reason why he didn't want my husband to take me with them on the trip in the first place. And I just proved his point. (laughs) I did not respond, but I blocked him since he's gotten increasingly rude over the past few months. My husband um, said, "I, I keep crying about being excluded. And this is what happens when he finally decides to include me. Ooh. The comments, people are like, who going to tell her? Right, <laughs> right. They must be in a romantic relationship Period. because that's the only way I can make sense out of this. And the friend like talking to her all crazy and nasty is that was the telltale sign. And the fact that you and your man have not gone on a vacation in years, but every year God gives us a new year. He makes sure to book a vacation mm. with his friend. Mm. Mm what to attend sporting events you don't have eyes you can't watch a sporting event right right i don't get it did he buy his friend's ticket too yeah and then why is he buying his friend's ticket yeah wait is that what he did he bought the friend's ticket hold on let me just check on this and even if in the event that they had already bought their ticket and you were an extra tag along so maybe they ran out of first class seats someone should have offered you their seat Oh, yeah, he booked it for himself and his friend. That makes no sense. I wouldn't be trying to go on that trip with them anyway, first of all. Please don't invite me to join that trip with you and your your boyfriend. (laughs) 
Well, there wouldn't be a man v man trip if we're not getting our trip. Right, 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 right. Prioritize our trip. Yeah. In years, you got Ugh. me sitting in the back. Okay. Also, well, my I have knees to say up against the back seat, bitch. Okay, because on a previous episode, I did talk about how I don't like the cast system of airplanes, but I got upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> And now I you like the cast and It was really the cutlery for me. It was the real glass cup, the bowls, the plates, the fresh fruits. <laughs> the lady basically fucking tucked me in. Oh my god! And then she came around at the as we were landing and just was like, "Miss Pogue, I want to thank you so much for your loyalty." Like <laughs> I was like, "I love this," but I also still think that everybody deserves that treatment on the plane. But and, and so did this young lady who had to sit in the back while yeah. her, her her husband and his boyfriend were in the front. Toasting champagne to their <laughs> annual trip. <laughs> wow. She's in the back with the Biscoff cookies. <laughs> and a ginger ale. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Could yeah. not be me. Get rid of him. I would be, I would, I would be, um, yeah. But this is her husband, and this is her husband, not boyfriend. It's just so disrespectful the way he treated her too. I don't like the conversation. I don't like the tone. You don't work anyway. It's nasty. Nasty. Ooh, maybe, girl. maybe therapy. Maybe, maybe, maybe couples therapy. But he probably, you know, he's probably in another relationship whole time. But yeah, good luck. And also, this was from the shade room. Yes. Can y'all send us some what would you do? The email remains the same. Hello at blackgirlstexting.com. You can also go on blackgirlstexting.com and there's like a thing where you can submit a question, I think, possibly. Um, and then patrons, you know how to ask your question. You could send us a message or whatever, but it's Patreon forward or backslash, I'm sure. Black girl sexy. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Uh, here on the mic, it is myself, Chelsea Pinky, and. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.